everyone, I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. She is one of the nation's leading voices for sound biblical counseling. Her nationally syndicated live call-in radio programs, Hope in the Night and Hope for the Heart, have garnered millions of listeners and fans around the world in over 60 countries, six continents, and this just for starters. In a celebration of 35 years of ministry, my next guest is also the recipient of this year's National Religious Broadcasters NRB Hall of Fame Award, and deservedly so. June's tireless efforts to counsel, educate, equip, and encourage are epic, along with her humility, as her title so deftly indicates, Chief Servant Officer. But even that's not all, as you will soon hear. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome back to Testimony, always a joy and high honor indeed, my good friend, internationally acclaimed biblical counselor, author, singer, and founder of HopeForTheHeart.org, and so much more, the beloved June Hunt. June, welcome back to Testimony. Well, you are so thoughtful and uh, endearing in your in your introduction. I'll, maybe I'll one day live up to all that. <laughs> uh, very sincerely, you know, I, I just want to say, I, um, I never, uh, I just knew in my life people had pain because I understood pain early on. And I just, when I came to Christ, what a difference. And I just love when people learn not to be a prisoner and how to literally uh, live in the way God intends our, our lives to be lived, uh, not not without pain and challenge and persecution at times, but you know, just literally where we are not controlled by the outer circumstances, but with Him on the inside, what a difference it makes as He guides us each step of the way. Amen and amen. Well, first of all, that introduction just touches the surface of all you have been able to accomplish, and congratulations, June, on your well-deserved NRB Hall of Fame Award for Broadcast Excellence and so much more. And secondly, question, how does it feel to be celebrating 35 years of ministry as you reflect on all that has transpired since then? Uh, for the first part of the in NRB Hall of Fame award, I, I you know, this, let me tell you truthfully what I say. Well, they're going to have to give it to somebody. And so they did eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and I just happened to be right here, so I'm mo. And so, you know, um, uh, moving to the other part, 35 years, um, I never even thought. In fact, I'll say it this way. Everything I have done in my adult life, um, except for my major, I, I did major in music, but other than that, everything has been a surprise. I never planned all the things, I never planned to be on mm. radio, never even thought about it, um, was, didn't occur to me, and it was always somebody else's 
idea. And even with the music part, I, you know, I thought it, it would it'd be a surprise to sing for Billy Graham's Aids or a surprise to do a USO tour to Vietnam where you go all the way through the throughout Vietnam and what a privilege to represent uh, the United States with our troops, but never thought of it. Um, never, never thought about uh, you know, just having an interview with Barbara Walters on the NBT Today show and seeing on that. And yet somehow all of a sudden, then I would get hundreds of speakers seeing at, at uh, churches throughout the United States. Now that, that's in my twenties. So what I'm saying is, wow. I didn't plan any of that. I, I you know, I uh, played uh, the ukulele, started, you know, and then a baritone ukulele and then, <laughs> and then a guitar. But, but I mean, uh, I don't play the piano, but, but I, I, I love the fact that uh, most of all, um, I, I, because of having a painful upbringing, to watch how God, in fact, I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be dishonest anyway, but, but I'm going to be candid. Um, I, there was a point at which I became exposed to authentic Christianity, and uh, I saw people walking down an aisle, and and um, they would give their lives to Christ. Well, I didn't know what that meant, because I wasn't used to that. And when it's totally foreign, and you've not had any exposure to the Bible, um, I was in a church, but no Bible, and that denomination, a mainline denomination. Uh, ginseng, it's it's uh, unusual when all of a sudden it's like a culture shock to see people who are grounded in the Word of God, and yet they're just um, high school students. Like I'm, I'm a junior in high school, and I'm thinking, how do you do that? How do, how, how do you pick up the Bible and you just turn there, and you're there? That's like a magic trick. I mean, I, I know that didn't sound spiritual, <laughs> but I was so impressed with the dedication of these people, I saw I saw something that I wanted, but I didn't know what they had. I, well, I thought they had information, and I did. They had all this information, but really they had transformation. And I didn't even know that word, but the Bible lets us know that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, and that the, Jesus said, the truth sets you free. But what truth? It's not just anybody who says they have truth. It's his truth. And the truth is that I'd never heard of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I was totally ignorant, and I actually was bitter uh, and uh, unforgiving. Forgiveness didn't even seem right. You, why do you forgive when um, uh, what that means is you're letting somebody off the hook? So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, I really had uh, to have major, uh, it's almost like a, a brain transfusion from the Lord, uh, but but I knew what it was like then, you see, because I said, why would God allow one person to cause so much pain to so many people? And that was my dad, even though he was successful in business, but the way he yeah. treated my mom and, 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 and the things that happened to me. Um, it, 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 but I, I wasn't asking God because I didn't pray at that time. I didn't know how to pray, but, but, but I just couldn't understand. Well, very candidly, just think I couldn't do the program Hope in the Night with the the, the abuse, the pain, the things that people call about. I would have no frame of reference mm-hmm. about dysfunctional families if I if I hadn't had that. So 
I now see in retrospect that, okay, we, we, all of us could say, I don't understand. Why would God allow this? I don't think there's anything wrong with asking the question. I think there's something wrong with demanding the answer because we may not have the perspective to see how God is going to use the mm-hmm. trauma, the travail, the, the trials in our lives, but he will use them because he does say all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That doesn't mean that he caused the, the, the wrong to happen to us, but he will use it for good and it will end up being a blessing to those who need help and hope. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to renowned biblical counselor and founder of HopeForTheHeart.org, June Hunt. June, you've shared uh, in part one of the questions I had for you, and that was a recap of your testimony of overcoming, which is phenomenal, and which, as you just alluded to, gives you the basis for what you are doing today. You've overcome horrific odds in your life, in your past. And also, thank you for that wonderful little recap of just a part of your story, singing for Billy Graham and being interviewed by Barbara Walters, all in a wonderful video uh, about your life that gave me joy to watch that and also let me know of things I didn't know about you and probably most don't. You don't talk about yourself, June. You're there to listen to everybody talk to you. So question. In a post-COVID world, at least in the U.S., the suicide and addiction rates are at an all-time high due to loss of every kind, physically, mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. financially. That said, how, June Hunt, has your ministry, Hope for the Heart, been able to help and support those suffering most? Your thoughts? When someone is suicidal, uh, that's not natural. We have a survival mentality as human beings. So when someone gets to the point that they are suicidal, they do not see that there is any other way out. They have lost hope, and truly they can't see it. And But people don't want to commit suicide. They just want the pain to stop, and this is the only way that they think that it will stop yeah. is ending their lives. I was the, the lead car. I was a new driver in Dallas, Texas, uh, at, on Mockingbird Lane, and there was a freeway, Central Expressway in front. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, push the pedal, push the pedal, push the pedal all the way down, go over the overpass, land at the bottom, and the pain will stop. Now, I'm, and, and I thought, I can do this. I can do this. Because I see, I remember saying, things will never change. Dead will never change. Home will never change. Now, that was my perspective, if you will, as a 16-year-old. By the way, the brain, the brain does not fully really develop until age 25 to 28. So sometimes you'll find young people who cannot see beyond their temporary circumstances. Now, that is true later, too, but my point is, I had lost hope, but I also have a math mind. I love math. Math is logical. What was logical was, oh, no, if I do that, what if I don't die? What if I am maimed? Then I would be a burden from that point on to my mother. I can't do that to her. So 
it was my logic that kicked in. But my point is, I know what it's like to feel hopeless, that things will never change. And this is the problem in our, as you said, the COVID world, the post-COVID world. Um, there are people who think things cannot, their world will not change. Now, there are some things that may not change, but there's the inner part of us. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, let's take uh, John Erickson Tata, a woman who, uh, you know, here she was a teenager. She dives. Right. She's athletic. And now she becomes a quadriplegic. If you asked her, could you imagine what would happen if you never had that accident? She said, no, 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 I wouldn't go back. I, I see how God has used my life. She has wheelchairs around the world. She, she's a phenomenal, inspirational person, even though she's a quadriplegic and she's lovely. More people have come to Christ through her disability than her natural physical ability. But see, we don't have that perspective. But what we do know is all of us have certain limitations. You know, like with, with some, well, I got married in this, blah, 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 blah. And, and they'll look at this. Life is a series of choices. So if you think about going forward and driving, you miss everything on the right and the left. If you take a left-hand turn, you miss everything on the right. So it, it, we don't have everything that we would perhaps want to have, and we have to realize, okay, with the choices that we made and with the circumstances that we have, the great news is this. This is very important. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know the plans I have for you, and the I is God. The Lord who created you, the Lord who has a plan for you, he says, I have a plan for you. He, he says, and notice that it's his plan, not our plan. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. So, Jen, think everybody who is Amen. suicidal that I talk with, I give them that one scripture, and there are many others, but, but I would say you don't see what God sees. You can't see what God sees. It's his plan. And he has the supernatural power to accomplish the plan. So you don't have to know the plan. Instead of ending your life, and I tell people this, instead of taking your life and no longer living, instead, just believe the truth. He says, I know the plans I have for you. And just say, thank you, God, that you have plans. I don't see it. I don't know what you're going to do but I'm willing to trust you with my life. And what that means is Jesus, who is God, he literally, he knew the problems that we would have. He knows everything. God knows everything. And there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And, well, the problem that we have is the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. But we've all blown it. We've all sinned. So that's not unusual because it's all, all we like sheep have gone astray. So the point is, if our sin separates us from God, that is the why of Jesus, where we, we are to humble our hearts and Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, literally asking him to take control of our lives. Then he will put into our lives his will. He will guide us to the things that we would never even think about 
and I know that personally because I don't deserve any of the things that have happened that, um, uh, and, and, but, but I, many of those things were, uh, somebody would say, June, I think you need to do a radio program. I said, well, I don't feel a need to, <laughs> you know, why do you say that? Well, be- because instead of you just speaking in this audience and singing before this and delivering a message, what if you could do it all over the United States at the same time? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know if that is, um, let me talk to, so I talked to four men who had come to me uh-huh. about doing television, and I said, well, I don't feel any need, because I really didn't. Um, and so I, I asked these men, and, and they said, yes, there is a need, because there's not a woman doing the kind of program that you would do. There was only one woman actually doing radio, but, um, and I'm sure she was excellent, uh, but, um, uh, I just somebody said, well, she even does recipes. And I thought, well, I do burnt offerings. I don't do recipes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, so, I, 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 so I said, well, I won't do, I won't do a woman's program, though. Uh, I, I, I don't do diapers. and I won't do any of that. But I will do practical, relevant topics that people can identify with and that people need help because I had been a youth director. So I understood unspoken pain in the lives of youth. Why do I know about that? Because I had unspoken pain. I didn't talk to anybody for years about, well, my my situation was my, I grew up with a fictitious last name, very simply. My dad had three families going on at the same time. And so we were a secret family off on the side. It It was just messy. And then he was double my mother's age and at times cruel. And so it was just messy. And so I understood unspoken pain, but we, we need to be safe people. As you're listening right now, you may be the only safe person that somebody who has unspoken pain could feel the freedom to go to. Or I even had people pinpointed. I thought if I'm going to explode, I could at least, tell, and I remember there's a woman, Sally Blaylock, I could tell her, um, I made a string of F's and D's at one point when I was, I wasn't a Christian at the time, but you know, it was, it was a real painful time of what was going on. I was only beaten once, but it was during that time. And, and, and so my point is, here was somebody who cared. I could tell she cared about me. She was a, yeah. kind of a tutor to get me through my sophomore year in high school. And many, many years later, she, we, we met up and as and, and something we talked to five in the morning. She said, June, you had such pain in your face. I could not get you to talk, though. I said, I couldn't. I couldn't. I've always felt I had a cork in my throat. So my thought is, you know, right now, there may be somebody else who has a cork in their throat, and they don't know how to get it out. It could be a young person. It could be an adult. But you may be that safe person. And I would absorb when I would finally become... Uh, exposed to true, authentic Christianity. I needed what I saw in the lives of these youth leaders, some of the youth, and and some of the spiritual leaders. I'd never heard of anything about having a changed life through Christ. It was totally foreign to me. Didn't know that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, when you don't even, um, it takes a while to even sink in. So we need to be able to verbalize the best we can to those and and you know, when you sense that there's somebody hungry in your life 
Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to renowned biblical counselor, June Hunt, founder, Hope in the Night and Hope for the Heart radio broadcasts. June, in our remaining time here today, all of what you have shared is so important, so significant, so heartfelt, so authentic. As a young Christian, I can attest to the fact that when God sent me someone who would listen, who was authentic, who I felt cared and was full of the love of Jesus, I opened up. But it was not until then, as you have just uh, shared mm-hmm. in your own life. And so what you are doing right now with your programs, with your uh, mass of resources and collections of books, 100 topical books on every topic uh, someone could need or want to mm-hmm. help, encourage, embolden, and equip. Um, of all the topics you've covered in your ministry, June, these past 35 years, question which is the most needed, requested, and secondly, which has been the most difficult to implement your thoughts? Well, um, oddly enough, from the very beginning, um, I did a course called Counseling Through the Bible. I taught 96 topics over a three-year span of definitions, characteristics, causes, and solutions. And then I've added some since then, but always anger, even if I didn't speak on it, was the number one topic that people would request. Verbal and emotional abuse, uh, later I taught on that because we kept being asked, would you please do, and they're called, they're called keys, keys for living. And uh, again, whatever the topic would be, definitions, characteristics, causes, and solutions. Um, verbal and emotional abuse is just like off the chart. Um, but the most difficult for me was forgiveness. And I did write a book called How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. How to Forgive <laughs> When You Don't Feel Like It Because I Didn't Feel Like It. And I didn't even think it was logical and, and didn't seem right. But the Bible says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I thought, how, how do you do that? I mean, but isn't it letting somebody off the hook? Well, I'll tell you what. It's not letting them off of the hook. It's taking that person who's caused you so much pain off of your your emotional hook, and you put that person under God's hook. So you release all the pain that, and, and make a list of the things that were done that were wrong. Make a list and release all that pain to the Lord and then release that person to the Lord. In my situation, I I know that when people hurt people, and they do, that uh, hurt people turn around and hurt people, and that's a problem. But the issue is we can be hurt, yet uh, what we can know is we must not be a prisoner of that person's pain toward us, and we can become embittered as I was and um, and hate the one who has hurt us which I did one day I said to my mother how can you be so nice to him and she, <laughs> he's been cruel to her and yeah. she said oh honey he doesn't know the Lord if he only knew the Lord he wouldn't be that way and I was stunned she wasn't focusing on his fault she was focusing on his need he had a need to have a changed life through Christ and so all of a sudden, it changed my whole paradigm, it, meaning I had a paradigm shift 
instead of focusing on people's faults, let's focus on the need. What do they need? If they need a change life through Christ, let your prayers go there. And so I would begin to pray. In fact, what I suggest is if somebody is very difficult in your life, as soon as you think of them, pray, Lord, may that person have a changed life. May they come to know you personally. May they want to live in a way that their lives are yielded to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it took, I, I, I remember saying, Dad will never change. Um, and I really believe that. And yet six months before he died, no, nine months before he died, I flew in and um, for his birthday, even though it was in the evening, and uh, I tried to present Plan of Salvation. And he said, go back and do your homework. I said, yes, sir. So I you know, thought, well, he's just not ready to hear. And that was 10 years before. But now, again, presented. Um, I sang for him. He always liked, loved me to sing. And then yeah. uh, he, uh, uh, I began to share what I had been sharing uh, with an audience in, in Florida. And then I presented the plan of salvation. And the first time he ever allowed anyone to pray uh, that prayer of salvation with him, and I remember walking out of his room, and I saw Mom. I said, Mom, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this. And she said, oh, honey, Billy Graham has tried. Others, he would never, he would never pray to uh, allow people to pray the, a prayer of salvation for him. So if he allowed that, uh, I am absolutely confident that it's real. So you, you never know who might change. I, I don't guarantee anyone. All I know is we need to be faithful to articulate in a way that we have had a changed life through Christ. And how did that happen? And that's personal. We all have personal stories. And people do like to hear stories. So I think it's important for us to realize God can use any one of us to give hope for their hearts and it literally change their lives. Amen and a. Men. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to internationally renowned author, speaker, singer, and biblical counselor, and syndicated radio host of her live call-in programs, Hope in the Night and Hope for the Heart, founder of Hope for the Heart Ministries, June Hunt. You can learn more about June's work, ministry, and mission by visiting hopefortheheart.org and get her books, Get Help, Tune in. You will be blessed and given hope that you did. June, it is always a joy and honor having the privilege of interviewing you for testimony where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given, and where we truly do overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, Revelation 12:11. Your life and life's work is proof that with Christ, nothing is impossible. Overcoming to become all God intended, achievable, and a legacy for others to follow, as you have so wonderfully produced, undeniable. We thank you. We honor you. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. 
If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebar.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.